Taking care of a little can be torture, but Lovely Marks makes it easy. With their customizable binkies, I can get all the peace and quiet I want, and my little gets all the humiliation they deserve. If their I poop my pants binky doesn't do the trick, try a paddle. These ergonomic handle bamboo paddles provide absolute comfort on one side and absolute discomfort on the other. Your little will break far before this thing does. And the best part, you can get it personalized with laser engraving. Just for Newsy Nook listeners, Lovely Marks is offering 10% off your next order. Just use promo code NewsyBaby at LovelyMarks.com. Try it today, because your bottom deserves some Lovely Marks. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsies Nook, we are going down under and getting a review of Australia's premier age play convention, KingaCon. This week in Newsies News, Onesies Down Under just released a new onesie for Baby Furcon. The new exclusive onesie features a couple of creatures, including a dino and a dog, having some fun in the sun and underwater. Those registered in the Super Soaker or Double Stuffed tier will get the onesie. There's also a t-shirt option for those who don't want a onesie. Baby Furcon, which has been featured on this podcast, will be in Santa Cruz from October 6th through the 9th. A link for more information will be in the show notes. This week in Newsies Nook, age play conventions are a great way to explore and meet people in the community. Conventions like Capcom have also inspired others to host their own events. This week, I sit down with a daddy who was so inspired by Capcom that he threw his own convention in Australia, KangaCon. Pizza Fox, one of the attendees of KangaCon, joined me in Newsies Nook to talk about what he liked about the event and what he thought they could improve on for next year. Well, thank you, Pizza Fox, for coming to Newsies Nook. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So we're talking about KangaCon, first con of its kind in Australia. What made you want to go to a con that this was like their their first one? Yeah, so I was living in the United States. I'd gone to CapCon a few times. And now I'm kind of on the other side of the world for work. And so... While out here, I knew I wanted to go to Australia, and so if I could combine an Australia trip um, with a convention, an ABL convention, I thought, why not, right? It seemed like the perfect excuse for for going. What did you think about it? What did you think of KangaCon? I thought it was really good. I think what I said throughout the week was I remember going to the initial uh, CapCon and TeddyCon, and... It was far and above more organized, more put together. There was a larger number of attendees, I think, than either of those their first convention. So it's right by the water. It was on in Gold Coast, which is like the family amusement park town uh, of Australia. Um, so beautiful beaches, great surfing, um, and really cool like amusement parks and mini golfs and 
there was this indoor warehouse that had mini golf and video games and all this other stuff. So it was very different from other conventions because there was a lot of people kind of going in little groups out for drinks together or to go play mini golf together, um, which made it just very different from Capcom where everyone's really inside, you know, locked in together in the hotel. Right. Right. What what would you say was your favorite memory or one that stands out from KangaCon? Um, so for KangaCon, I think my favorite memory was the they had several like doctors and psychologists there doing seminars, and mm-hmm. this was one of those conventions. I think I, I knew less people, um, and so it was nice to just kind of sit down listen to a few classes, ask a few questions, and the doctors, I think the doctors have both um, been at Capcom before, so they're pretty well rehearsed and, like, had really informative answers for any questions. And so that was just kind of nice to zone out, be uh, in whatever con gear you wanted to be in, and, you know, listen to some advice on how to better cope, I don't know, live the lifestyle. <laughs> Did you go full? Did you go in full baby gear? Were you in like a onesie every single day? Uh, um, no, because it's new, and I didn't know anybody. I think I had the same, uh, I had the same strategy as I did at my first Capcom, which is like, you know, the first day you're kind of just in overalls hanging out. The second day maybe pajamas, and by the third day, yeah, I was just in like a onesie and like pacifier and hanging out, which is really nice. Aww. So it was like a slow, slowly started to regress over the weekend. Right, right. What about, what do you think they did right? You know, it was their first one. What do you think they got right? I think, oh, the number one thing, the location. Uh, it sounds silly, uh, but the location is in one of Australia's best beach towns. Uh, so I could see a world where it gets a lot bigger and... You're going to Capcom because you want to be, you know, in this giant hotel space, locked in, running around amongst your friends. I can see people wanting to go to Cap- KangaCon because it's a great excuse to explore Australia. And it's on this beautiful beach. So you could easily plan a week or two weeks and have this great vacation where four days are spent running around in diapers inside and the other days are spent maybe running around the diapers just on the beach. <laughs> Aww. What about, what would you say they could improve on next year? Um, I think communication. So, again, it's the first one, so I can't underline enough how impressive that is. But I think communication beforehand, so like making sure everyone, even in Australia, knows about it. They have a difficult job of getting, you know, they need to get Australians to come, but they also kind of need to tap into the Asian market, which is really difficult. Um, so I think communication and marketing to let people know the events happening, partnering with local community um, organizers from, you know, pups and everybody else to let them know about it. Um, and then during the event, I think, you know, events, things change and easily being able to inform everyone of those changes if you've got like an app or some easy way to message everybody regularly, that would mm-hmm. be a good thing. 
would you recommend KangaCon to your other friends there in Tokyo or your other friends back here in the States? Definitely. I mean, if you're an ABDL, that's the biggest thing I can say is you know, I'll talk to people online or people are just getting started. And the number one thing is like, go to a convention, meet the actual community, meet people in real life in a safe environment. Um, that's the best way to really explore any sort of kink that you have, I think. Um, so I would totally recommend going to KangaCon. And I think if I'm in the same area, I'll do it again too. Like Pizza Fox, I have heard nothing but rave reviews about this event. Here to talk about creating KangaCon, Daddy G. Well, thank you, Daddy G, for coming to Newsy's Nook. My pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to be able to, to be part of this. Fantastic. It's I'm happy to have you. So you put on... KangaCon. So you have a very fun story on how it gets start, how it got started. Please explain to me how did KangaCon? What what inspired you to start it? Well, I attended my first CapCon in 2016. So I'm an experienced age player. I've done a lot of parties and organised munches here in Sydney, Australia. But to actually go to CapCon was a great experience. And you know, I was a little bit overwhelmed and over by what I was seeing. And after one very very busy day in that con space. Uh, I was looking after two American boys who were littles that I was looking after and I was about to put them to bed because we'd had a busy day and they were tired and, you know, as a dad, dad knows when littles need to be put to bed and that's what I was about to do. And I just said to them as I was getting them ready for bed, I said, you know, we need to do something like this in Australia. We really do. It's a wonderful event here. And then I asked the littles, I got a bit of feedback from them, you know, and as most Americans identify a kangaroo as what, you know, is Australia or what, what, what Australia is about. Well, it is our, one of our national emblems. Um, I just thought, okay, well, we Aussies, we abbreviate names. That's what we do. So rather than have kangaroo come with it, well, we'll call it kanga because that's short for kangaroo and most Australians identify with that. So kanga con, that's where the name came from. I love that. How much of it is is similar to Capcom? Like if someone had been to Capcom, did they basically kind of get like the Australian version um, at KangaCon? Well, this is our first event. Um, and I, I've got to say, and I have a big thank you as well uh, to the team at Capcom, because over the years, I've learned a heck of a lot from them spoken to them, got advice, you know, got some really, really good ideas about what we needed to do. Um, I also attended uh, TeddyCon when it was around before it all went horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the people that ran TeddyCon, again, gave me in the early days, they gave me some good hints and tips about what to do. And then, you know, I attended a few Tomcats, which is a different event that's up in Canada, a little bit different again. So I learned from all of these events, I learned the good and the bad about what you do, what you avoid, you know, and um, I was very, very careful uh, in my planning. We, we, we obviously wanted we were going to run in 2020. And then a nasty little thing called COVID got in the way of everything. Yes. And uh, it was a bit of a blessing in a way because we weren't quite ready. In my opinion, we weren't quite ready. We still, you know, had a lot to do and a lot to learn. So when COVID hit, it meant that was the end of it. So we had time to go away, have a real think about what we needed to do. And then I went to Capcom. Uh, I went to Capcom 2020 and then Cap Summer Cap last year, learned heaps more about what they were doing and i thought okay these is what this is what we need to, this is a bit of a benchmark so 
Coming back to sort of as we were planning KangaCon, now obviously we're nowhere near the capacity of what CapCon is, but we thought we'd use some of the framework of what they do and implement that for KangaCon. So just little things I saw there that I took away and I thought that's what we'd, I'd like to apply as we started to plan uh, KangaCon. What was one of the benchmarks that you had for yourself that you're like, we need to at least hit this benchmark for, for you to feel comfortable like, yeah, we're, we're yep. doing this? I suppose if, I, if I'm very honest, uh, when I was at my first event in 2016, I saw Capcom, I saw inclusiveness, togetherness, and just this overall great vibe of people being themselves in a good protected space, safe space. And I thought if I achieve that at KangaCon, I've, I've met that goal. And I have to say the feedback so far, and it's only been a week or so that we did it, we've achieved that goal. So I'm very pleased about that. Yeah, I was looking around for for some reviews and stuff, and at least on um, on FetLife, you know, someone wrote that I made friendships here and formed new friendships uh, while at KangaCon. Uh, they said that your pageant was great and impromptu acts were super fun and interactive. Um, they also praised your hygiene, which I think at any ABDL event, if you get praised for hygiene, I think that's like just incredible. <laughs> Mm, absolutely. The pageant was an interesting story. Um, we were going to run a pageant similar to what Capcom do. Uh, the fact is we didn't get many responses when we put out, you know, you know, to people if you want to become part of it. So we had to improvise a little bit. So because we didn't quite get enough acts to sort of do a, a proper pageant like Capcom did, we turned it around a little bit and we said to the, the littles in the audience, we want to make this a stuffy pageant. We want you to come up and talk about your stuffies and do a little song or a little dance or something like that. And we had about 20 acts from different people doing that. And there was an audience of about 60, 70 people. And it was really good fun because the littles were showing off their talents, talking about their stuffies, which they love to do. And it was a fantastic event. And I've got to put, there's a lady called Mummy Gigglebite or Sammy. She's sort of our treasurer at Kangagon. It was her idea to do that a long time ago. And, you know, when you're in an event and running an event, you've got to think on your feet a little bit, uh, particularly when things don't quite go the way you want them to. So we were able to come up with that, and it really was very, very fun and a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. So people just, like, brought up their stuffies and they're like, this is this is Jeremiah or something like that? They talked about the story, how they found them, and what what it, what it means. It's a very personal thing uh, for Littles to have with, with their stuffies, and they've got a lot of stories to talk about. And some some of them found little songs and uh, did little dances and just little impromptu things. And it was really nice. We had a, a chappy at the event who was vision impaired, and uh, he was able to get up on stage in front of everybody and do a little act, which was it, it brought the house down because, you know, for him to be able to do that sort of showed that, yeah, we, we really had we had a good vibe there and he felt part of it and it was really not nice to be able to see him do that, you know? Is that a fun feeling for you to like, you know, you, you put on you put on KangaCon as kind of a, a Capcon but for Australia, but it sounds like this pageant is very much at least in my mind now, a KangaCon staple, right? Like I've never heard of a stuffy pageant. Yeah, there's no question we, we will look to repeat that because we knew it was successful. I mean, I, I would like to to do a pageant because I've been to the Capcom ones and I've seen how much fun they are as well. We have some very talented people out there in our community, you know. Yes, and, we do. Uh, 
that they have wonderful, you know, ability to play instruments and to sing and to dance and all those things. So we'd like to obviously have something like that. But I think for the first one and the success of it, we will definitely do a stuffy pageant again because I think it, it encourages more littles to be involved because, you know, if you're not a great singer or a great dancer, if you can get up and talk about your plushie and talk mm-hmm. about what that plushie means to you, I, I think if, the one thing at the core of why I've done this is empathy. I, I'm all about empathy and seeing, okay, as, a, as much as I am a daddy, a very experienced daddy, I have a little side as well. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them talking about their stuff, I thought if I was talking about my stuff, I would just the same way, you know, just this, you know, the passion they've got for them and how much they love them and how it comforts them. And it's really nice. Oh, I love that. And I bet, you know, I've put on some events too, and I always feel like, the most memorable experiences are the ones you didn't plan. Was there anything else at KangaCon that I won't say went wrong, but like you had to be quick on your feet that you're like, oh, wow, that actually turned out kind of fun. You know, it, it's interesting. It was our first time. Uh-huh. And um, I've, I've, I've been at CapCon, TeddyCon, Tomcat, first day when it's really hectic. Uh, people coming in to pre-register, uh, people getting ready to get started. And, I can honestly say we were organized chaos. That's a, a fair assertion of what we were doing. It was organized chaos. I am very, very fortunate that I had one of the greatest volunteer teams I could ever wish for. I saw people step up, take leadership, take ownership of things, deal, problem solve, and there's no way this event would have ever happened without these people. And I tell you what, that was one thing I learned from Capcom is to have quality volunteers. And we had we've got a core of about we had a core of about fifteen people who stepped up and did this work. And it was under a lot of adversity at times, a lot of pressure. Now, you know, like all things, nothing nothing goes to plan the way you want it sometimes. And you know, when your organization trying to get ready to start the event and the programs go missing and then that goes missing and you've got to put little fires out here and there, it, it, it was a stressful experience initially. But when I saw the team step up and deal with things, we would, you know, I, I couldn't have been prouder. As, as someone who, you know, was overseeing all this, I couldn't have been prouder. From friends that have went, I've heard rave from views from friends at ABU that were big sponsors of yours this year. But for you, how would you how would you rate the event? How would I rate the event? How would you rate it if you had to give it a grade? Um, it was our first one. Mm-hmm. It was far from perfect, <laughs> far from perfect. I'm going to give it an eight because I think the vibe was really good. People enjoyed themselves. I saw happiness. I saw the togetherness that I was really looking for. And, you know, I walked away from it after we, you know, did the takedown on Sunday afternoon, the, the last day we got the takedown done. And, you know, I was pretty exhausted, as you can imagine, by that stage. But, you know, my head was sort of full of pride, but also we can do this so much better next time. There's so much room for improvement. And uh, what we've been able to do is we did a survey, um, which we, you know, we surveyed all our, our attendees. And some of the feedback's been amazing and some great ideas for the next time that we do it. So I couldn't be happier. That's been really good. Is there anything off the top of your head that you're like, yes, let's let's do let's do that next year? 
Um, I think what we will do is we, we were restricted in our convention space. We didn't quite, we weren't able to quite configure it the way we would have liked because we had a quiet nursery and we deliberately put that quiet nursery there as a bit of a haven for people who feel a bit overwhelmed because for a lot of people going to this convention, that's the first time they've ever been to an event like this. So we had a cot there and we had a high chair and we had some big bears and it was a nice, it was so the lights were dimmed. It was really nice to sort of have a, an area, but unfortunately the way it was configured, uh, the speakers from the classes that we were doing were, were beaming into this particular quiet space. So that wasn't ideal. So, you know, we, we unfortunately, we, we, you know, we, we were a bit restricted there and uh, we had a play space where, you know, the, the, the kids were having a wonderful time, but they get a bit loud and it gets a bit over the top. So it was sort of a little clashing, but that's, something we've learnt from and the space we'll have next time will be a very different one so that will sort of not be affected you know but uh, lessons that were learned uh, about it but you know for the first one it was never going to be perfect but we really tried to make people feel welcome included you know and that they will walk away from it with a good with a good feeling and I mean I ran a, a con drop class right at the end uh, knowing how this was going to affect people That's knowing smart yeah. Well, I'm a veteran of a lot of lot of cons. I remember my first con uh, going back to 2016. I was at Capcon. I'd had six weeks away from Australia. I've been to the UK. I was in the US. We did Capcon and then I had to fly to San Francisco and I love San Francisco. And I was in an absolute daze. I was walking around the Bay Area. Just what have I just seen? What have I just experienced? And why is it over? You know, and uh, it, it took a, a day or so to really come to grips with it. And people said, beware, there'll be a bit of con drop. And I'm thinking, what's con drop on a good day? I didn't know what it was. And then after that, I understood it. And then I thought, well, if we ever did a con, it was always a priority for me to make sure we did a con drop class just to help people just get, get used to the fact that you're going to experience a bit of a low and, I saw it afterwards, even I experienced it again, you know, and I've been doing, I've been, a, I'm a veteran of many of them, but it's one of those things you're on this absolute high and then you've got to come down and, you know, you've got to try and find a way to get back to it. But, you know, I, I've got, the, the beauty is that I've at the moment is the con drops been, been and gone, but now it's like, what's next? You've got all these people, when are you, what are you doing next? When's it going to happen? You know, it's all the, 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 the planning for the next event is, you know, people are really interested, which is really good. Right. It's always, it's always a good sign of a good event when people are already asking you during the event, like, so what's going to happen next year? And you're like, we're still in this one. Yeah. yeah it was, I, I got a lot of feedback. We, we did. We had about, for our first event, we had 132 attendees, which we were really happy with. That yeah. was really nice. And I've so far, from the survey that we, we put out there, we've got 50 responses. So that's very encouraging. That's a lot of feedback. And um it gives us a lot to mull over and to think about, okay, what do we do next time? And, you know, how we run it, how we construct it, you know, and it will all be done in a much better way, I think, because this is fair to say for this one, the, the team I have were fantastic. We have a wonderful committee who work very, very hard, but we know that, you know, you need subject matter experts. You need people who know what they're dealing with when it comes to things like social media, marketing, you know, planning, organizing, you need people who've got expertise. And that's what I'm looking forward to is so I can sort of, you know, manage the event with the team, but also know that I've got people who just know what they're doing and they can get on with the task. So is it is it official officially? You're definitely going to have a KangaCon next Absolutely. year? Absolutely. What we're, what we're waiting on at the moment, we're just in negotiations with our host hotel. 
because the, the space that we had for this one, it's unlikely we'll use that again because it's only restricted by how many numbers can be in that particular area. I think the hotel told us 100, 140 was it. So we were pretty much on capacity for that. But they have another room there and we're just negotiating with them, but we know we can potentially get up to 250 people in that room. So a lot of negotiation, but that's what we'll probably do. Uh, but I will hopefully have more information and probably by mid-June be able to say for sure this is exactly what's going on. But we will, by hook or crook, be doing an event. Trust me, the, we, we, we all want to do it again and uh, you know build some momentum because, I mean, look, Capcom took – a while, Teddycon took a while to get to where they want to be, but we, we, we're going to just sort of bit by bit put this together and grow it and, and make it better. Very fun. And you did it in the middle of May. Um, is the idea still to keep KangaCon kind of middle of May? We, we, we do that deliberately. Uh, there's a lot of reasons when you're planning something like this. I mean, obviously, I'm aware because a lot of Australians like to go to Capcom, including me. Mm. You know, Capcom will often get up to 15, 20 Australians who will go. So when, when that's it's such a successful event, I've got to think about things like when we were planning it, uh, obviously the climate, we, we held it on the Gold Coast, Service Paradise on the Gold Coast. And the weather most days, well, uh, was about, in, in it would be about 66 Fahrenheit, just for you, you Americans, about 22 centigrade for us. Okay. Comfortable, sunny days, a bit cool at night, but the climate was decent. I've been to Capcom in March in Chicago in March. Oh, my goodness, for an Australian, that is too cold. But, you know, you get used to it. <clears throat> you get used to it. So we, we, we picked that time. You've got to also think about things like, uh, university semesters, when they begin, when they end, school holidays. There's a whole lot of things you've got to think about because in, like like the US, our states pretty much do their own thing. You know, they, 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 they set their own times. They don't, it's not a national thing. Right, right. Let's deep dive into some of the experiences. You know, I saw on one of your posts that you had that you had like a switch play class. You, of course, had our favorite Dr. Rhoda and you had baby Jimmy talk about shame. Was there any classes that you particularly enjoyed or would like to highlight? I was involved with most of them uh, simply because we had, because Dr. Rhoda, Dr. Matt and baby Jimmy, uh, they were not able to come to Australia in person. So we set up Zoom chats for them to interact with the audience. And that was a bit tricky technically to put that together. And fortunately, I have some wonderful people in our team who negotiated with the host hotel, sorted out the audiovisual side of it, and it worked pretty well, I have to say. Um, Dr. Rhoda and Dr. Matt, I've been to all their classes at Capcom, so I know what they deliver and, you know, what, what value they bring. Baby Jimmy, he's a friend of mine from a few Capcons ago, and he, he talks about dealing with shame. And I tell you what, that's a really big one for particularly people who are, you know, dealing with this for the first time. It was really good. Uh, we did a switch play class, switch panel. Uh, that was a, an, an idea that was put together at TeddyCon a few years ago. And, um, as I said, as most people know me as a dad, I, I'm a well-known daddy to AB boys, and I've been doing that for 20 years. And I remember I got out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, I, I put my, my, my nappy on and my onesie on, and I waddled down to the, the classroom at Teddycon dressed as a three-year-old kid. And people were doing double takes because so they just weren't used to that at all, you know. And uh, 
it was it was it was really out of my comfort zone, but it was good because it sort of showed uh, the people there that I am a switch, you know, and I've uh, talked about my switch side, and and again, it was a great interactive uh, audience who were just talking about what it meant to them and the balance it gives them. It's a very good class that we did there. Uh, we also did a chat about uh, dark age play. Mm-hmm. That's not something that's really my forte or that I'm particularly into, but we had again a y- lovely young fella from America help us out with the Zoom presentation. Uh, you know, a really good friend of mine as well, and um, he was then. We had a, one of the ladies in our audience. She was a, you know, she was a BDSM specialist as well. So she carried on the talk, and again, very interactive. People got lots from it. So again, that's where seeing people step up. You know, and just deal with things like that. I was really pleased about that. Awesome. So they were standouts. They were standouts. You know, to, to do the classes, I was involved with most of them. Uh, you know, to, to actually introduce, you know, to, to open the event was wonderful. That's, that's years of hard work. You know, and just to be able to do that and a lot of pride to see people just enjoying. I, I, I got it. In a lot of ways, we were very much a mini Capcom. You know, right. compared to what a full experience at Capcom, we're a mini version of that. Yeah? Right. But it was what it really was. Yeah. So we've talked about the classes. We talked about the pageant. Was there any standout moment for you? Any special moment that you were like, wow, like this is fun? Um, I've got, okay, there, there are a few moments that stand out for me. Um, definitely when Dr. Rhoda, she was our first class. And um, there was about 70 people, half of our attendees were there listening to her because she's so well known. And I've got to admit, I just listened to the first bit of the presentation and people were starting to ask her questions. And I got a bit emotional because I thought, we're here. We are actually here now. We are doing this. It's no longer a talk thing. We're actually doing it. And Australians who are here are actually able to enjoy Dr. Rhoda and see and listen to what she has to say and pick up things. So that was a pretty big moment. Um, I think for me, just wandering around the because I'm I'm a I'm a person who just loves to observe what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I had a look at where the arts and crafts were. I saw the coloring in and you know all the stuff, painting, finger painting. I saw the kids in the ball pit, how much fun they were having in that ball pit. They were just loving it, you know, and to sort of see that and then, you know, the chaos inside, it was very busy, the vendors, we only had three vendors, but they were all very, very busy. AB Universe for our platinum sponsor, they were amazing. I've got to say a big plug to them because I've known that organisation for a while. I've seen the work they do at events and uh, they really supported us, you know, helped us with marketing, helped us get this thing off the ground and, you know, they were a wonderful support, you know, both here in Australia, but also their corporate guys back in Seattle. You know, wonderful team, Casey Strom and his team. They're wonderful people, and I've seen what they do uh, for a lots of other events. You know, and um, yeah, very. We were honoured to have them uh, on board, and we, we had a couple of local sponsors as well. But that, that's a goal next year is to inc- have more sponsors, more vendors. That's what we want to do next time. Very cool. Yeah. Let's talk about cost for just for a little bit, because I know for people that keep hearing the word Capcom, I know Capcom is definitely a, a chunk of money for some kinksters to go to it, but definitely worth it. How how does your event compare in term of in terms of cost? All right, now I, my understand, I didn't go to Capcom this year, but I understand they were charging about two eighty five US to yeah, attend. Like that. I understand it was about that. Now, obviously, for the first time I went to Capcom in 
going back to what was it, 2016, it was about half that price. So, you know, you, you know cost of living in America, in Canada, or just like it is going crazy. What we did, we were very lucky. Um, because of the problems we had with COVID, the host hotel uh, pretty much were able to honour the prices they gave us in 2019. Wow. We were able to keep the original contract that we did. So, you know, that, that was very, very lucky. And uh, it also meant that the, the hotel, the rooms that we had, they had to increase them slightly. But, you know, I know market value at the moment. The rooms that we were getting were more towards 200 Australian, and we got them for 160. So, you know, we were pretty happy with that. Um, I would imagine without, without – because we haven't, got a, we haven't actually had a discussion about it, that the price to attend KangaCon next year, we, we, what we did is we had an early bird price, which was 142 Australian. That's about 100 US. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, 160, that's about 115 US. So that was what we charged this year. I would expect that next year we'll, we'll have a discussion, but I, I think that the early bird pricing will be more or less, I think probably about 170, 180 Australian. That's going to be about 140 US. And our later pricing will be nearer 200. But again, we haven't had that proper conversation, but that, that's what we're likely to do. Very fun. And, and then, you know, I know, so I have a friend, the baby fox, who resides in Tokyo, but he used to live in the States. Did you get a lot of people from outside of Australia coming to KangaCon? Okay. Well, he, he was our American that was there, and um, he's lovely, lovely, lovely young man. I met him at CapCon, <clears throat> so it was good to see him there. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had a chap from Malaysia. Uh, we had one from Singapore. Uh, we had a guy from Germany. A guy from Germany. One, we had an Englishman there as well, and quite a few New Zealanders. Yeah, so probably of our total congregation, probably I'd say 10% were non-Australian. Oh, that's pretty good. But it's just our first event. But um, look, I, I would hope that, um, and we would love to see, and this is, and, and I'm saying this as an Aussie, Americans to come to Australia, it's really good at the moment. Your dollar is smashing our dollar. So really, this is a really good opportunity for any young American or Americans who fancy coming out here because you're going to do very, very well. With, with the exchange rate at the moment. For us to go to the US, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to see my bank account. It's terrible, you know. But um, coming back the other way, it's pretty good for you guys. Yeah, I was just about to say, do you have any, like, tips or advice for, let's say, like, I'm in the States and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go to KangaCon next year. Is there any tips on how to get the most out of my dollar to head over there? Well, see, what we, the reason that the location we chose, which is the, the Gold Coast of Australia, which is in Queensland, state of Queensland, um, <clears throat> we did it for a couple of reasons. It's known as a bit – surface paradise is a little bit like a mini Miami, if you like. So you can imagine for, for Floridians, the beaches, high-rise, that, that's what the Gold Coast is like. What it has, though, is within, well, 20 minutes, half an hour, six different theme parks. So it's like a mini Orlando. You've got theme parks. So what we figured was that people would come up and maybe do a week where they do the, they do the convention – but they'd also go maybe visit a couple of theme parks as well. So it was a really good, I suppose, you know, opportunity to have a week's vacation where you've got your, your convention and you've got the opportunity to go to theme parks. And, and, and the, the weather was pretty decent. So if you're brave enough, you want to go for a swim, you could do that as well. You know, so that, that's why we thought it was a good, good, good way to do it. Awesome. That's so much fun. 
All right. Well, before we go, if someone was listening to this conversation, they're like, you know what? I think I may want to go to KangaCon. What What do you have to say to those people that are like maybe on the fence that are like, maybe I want to go, maybe I don't? Convince them. Well, I think I'd, I'd say a couple of simple things. Uh, come to Australia because it's an amazing place to be, great place to visit. Uh, the convention that we are building uh, will be, as it gets further and further, we'll really Australianise it. There'll be more and more uh, Australian events happening within the convention. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it our own flavour. Uh, but again, what we have achieved the first time and what I really want to see ongoing, togetherness, inclusiveness, people having a great time in a safe and secure place. That's that's our goal, just like Capcons is, is to maintain that because Coming here and experiencing that, you know, changes someone's life. If you can have a good event like that, and some of the stories I've, you know, read after our event, people have commented to me about how they've gone back to their lives and it's changed them. It's made them feel so much better about themselves, and that's what you want to achieve. And if you achieve that, people will say, "Yeah, I liked it," and I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell my friends. That's what we want to do. We want people to feel part of this event. We want, to be, you know, I said to the owners of Capcom, I said it three or four years ago to them. I said, your event is no longer a US event. It's a global event in our community, okay? And when I go to Capcom now, I see people from Europe, the UK. I see them from Southeast Asia. I see them from Australia. It's no longer just a US Canada event. Now, KangaCon, we're brand new, okay? It's only our first one. But eventually, I'd like to see it cosmopolitan. You know, I want to see people from all over the world coming, knowing they're going to have a good experience. That's what, to me, is important. Well, I'm wishing all the best for you because from all the reviews, it sounds like a great event. Uh, we, we, we appreciate that feedback. I mean, as I, I just want to repeat, I could not have done this without the support of my committee and the team that helped put this together. They were the real heroes of this. You know, they were the real heroes because they were the ones who sacrificed, put up with a lot of dysfunction, but got it done and uh, want to come back and do it again. You know, as someone who led them, I couldn't have asked for more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daddy G, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about KangaCon. My pleasure. Anytime. I'd love to talk to you again. Do take care. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. KangaCon sounds like a great event. I can't wait to see what Daddy G does next year. All right, kiddos, I gotta go change. See ya. Bye.